Hey, welcome today to the Revival Way podcast. I am your host, evangelist, Taylor Michael. Today we're going to pump you up full of the Word of God to get you delivered out of any work of the enemy and to get you empowered and activated to go out and build the kingdom of God with full faith and no hindrance in the mighty name of Jesus. Enjoy. All right, let's see how this goes. Can you hear me all right? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? <laughs> the most asked question. <laughs> yeah, I can hear you. Dude, you got an afro, bro. Me trying to go professional with this thing? <laughs> Not me. I've got an afro. <laughs> Dude, this is awesome. Oh, this is so cool. So are other people just going to join, like, randomly? We're going to have some dude just jump in, yeah? I think so. Well, so we, we just talk, and while we talk um, – sorry, hold on. I'm trying to figure this out here. Yes. While we talk, people can actually send us – A message. Like voice, yeah, voice messages there i just put it on my story you can add it to your story too okay your instagram story you just go to share and then share it to your instagram story and people should be able to hop on that way that's awesome it creates like a little video yeah that's so cool it actually like shows us talking and stuff too which is neat and then yeah we that's just kind of wait praise god Praise the Lord. Okay, so we just, I'm going to put this on my thing. There you go. Okay. All right. Well, um, we let's start in Romans uh, 8. Okay. As we chatted about. Um, I think, like, we're, we're talking about spirit-filled believers. So these are people who are baptized in the spirit, right? That's right. Okay. The spirit's active in them. Not just an unspiritful person. That's right. Hey, Brianna's on here. Hi, Brianna. Hey, one listener. Nice. <laughs> All right. I wonder if we can title this thing. Oh, yeah, we can. Yeah, it's, it's an open talk right now. Yeah, let me change the title here. The title of our show, How to Be Led by the Holy Ghost. That's what I'll put. Holy Ghost. <laughs> open ghost emoji. I keep watching myself talk, man. Look at the little mouth move. We don't have <laughs> this in Africa. Brianna, just so you know... Um, you can send in like a voice memo if you need to, or if you would like to, and we can listen to it. So if you have questions, Bree, uh, you can send in like a voice recording. I'm not quite sure how to do it, but I know you can do it. We can listen to it. We can answer your questions if you have questions and we'll just believe that other people will jump on too. So anyway, let's get right into it. Baga. Amen. All right. Well, Lord, 
We come before you, God. I pray for blessing upon this stereo in the mighty name of Jesus. Be the most anointed stereo on the app. In Jesus' name, pray for you to speak, Holy Spirit. All right. Amen. Well, um, I'm going to just read, bro, and let's then go from there. I think for me, like, personally, what was on my heart just for this thing is, is what are the, the keys? Because I feel like a lot of people don't realize um, Holy Spirit's a person. Um, and there's a number of things, I think, that are just common misunderstandings about the Spirit of God that when you get Him, your life changes completely. And you're actually able to walk in right standing with God. You walk in knowing you're the righteousness of God. And you can act, it, it takes care of so much. Prayers get answered. The power of God moves in your life. Um, and I think you've seen that in your life. So I think it, it, let's just go off of that, you know. Let's do it. All right. So Romans 8. There is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, for the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the Lord weakened by the flesh could not do. By sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk, not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. In other words, we genuinely have to make an effort to renew our minds and to come into alignment with the Spirit of God. Because to take the, name, the Lord's name and mean to become a Christian, yet keep living in the exact same way we were living before, and then we wonder why nothing in our life has changed. Are so, you asking or telling me? No, I'm telling you. Sorry. Amen. <laughs> All right. For those, verse 5, who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, set their minds on the things of the Spirit. All right. Here we go. How do we set our minds on the things of the Spirit? That's the crux of it. Because it's saying if we do that, then we're going to live according to the Spirit. So what would you say? How are we going to set our mind on the things of the spirit? Yeah, I think where most people go wrong in this, and by people I'm referring to Christians, is that immediately the first place that they jump is the fruits of the spirit. So we say, all right, how do we set our minds on the things of the spirit? And just uh, just about every pastor I've ever heard when they talk about this is immediately they'll jump to Galatians 5. And they'll yeah. say, well, we know the fruits of the Spirit, and they are peace, love, joy, gentleness, kindness. And they'll just go through all the fruits of the Spirit, and they'll tell you that that's what it means to place your minds on the things of the Spirit. But if yeah. you think the fruit of the Spirit, it, it, you, you can't limit the Spirit of God to the fruit of the Spirit. Wow. What, you have to, what you have to understand is that when we say place, when the Bible says place your mind on the things of the Spirit. Place your mind on the ways of the Spirit. Place your mind on the aspects of the Spirit. Place your yeah. minds not on the things of the flesh, but on the things of the Spirit. What are the things of the Spirit? Well, we know that the things of the Spirit, first and foremost, Jesus said you'll receive power. So I think where people go wrong oftentimes is that they simply limit the things of Holy Spirit to his personality, his fruits wow. in our lives, and they forget that we set our minds on the power and the demonstration of his spirit. And what was that? Jesus said they will lay their hands on the sick and they'll recover. They'll cast out demons in my name. They'll raise the dead. They'll cleanse the leper. 
that that will prophesy the spiritual gifts. So as a matter of fact, I think about it now to jump straight to Galatians five is actually to jump completely past the entire book of Acts and the entire uh, 12th chapter of the book of first Corinthians, which are all the power aspects of the Holy Spirit. Wow, that's good. And if you think about it, that's actually really whack because Paul said your faith is supposed to be based on the power of God, not the wisdom of men. But the wisdom of men is going to be, oh, well, if you look this way, then, you know, you're spirit filled or then, you know, you're from spirit. No, you're not because you're limiting God. I love it. That's awesome. That's absolutely right. And I think, I mean, part of the Great Commission, the Great Commission was not. The Great Commission had very little, if anything, to do with the fruits of the Spirit. Now, the fruits of the Spirit were put in order. I mean, you have to remember, who was Paul writing to? He was writing to the church in Galatia, and he said, you started out in the Spirit. So they, before they had this letter even written to them, Paul was saying, you started out so well. Why are you trying to finish now in the flesh? Get away from the things of the flesh. And then he lists the things of the flesh, and he says, Stick to these things, which are the fruits of the Spirit. So basically, when it comes to the things of the Spirit, for those that will be listening to this, setting your mind on the things of the Spirit always starts first and foremost with the power of Holy Spirit. Because that's what in Acts chapter 1, Jesus says, you'll receive power. And then that's immediately what happened in the upper room. And along with that power, See, now the power comes in the name of Jesus with the combination of the Spirit, because the Word and the Spirit, they agree. However, on top of that, like you were mentioning, there's fellowship with Holy Spirit. And when you set your mind, when you set your mind on the power of the Holy Spirit, you'll be very limited without the fellowship, which we can get into more as we continue reading. Yeah, no, so good. I think it's also twofold. Like, as you set your mind on the power of Holy Spirit, you, you're expecting that, you're living into that reality, but then on the other side, you're crucifying the flesh. So it's like attacking at the same time. And I feel like Matthew 6, that's where it happens best. So how do we crucify the flesh? You start giving. Not when, it's not, not if you give, you, it's when you give, right? The Lord calls us to give, then he calls us to pray, and he calls us to fast. The three keys to destroying your flesh which is like a double-edged sword. If you think about it, that's how you're going to be led by the Spirit. When your flesh is weakest and when your expectancy for the Spirit to show up in power is at its peak, that, that's how you walk in full expectancy. You'll be living in revival with that. Amen. So Amen. Good. I think about, I mean, what Jesus said in Luke chapter 4, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for He has anointed me. So Amen. The, for people that aren't aware, the spirit of God is the anointing of God to be anointed is to be totally submerged and anointed with the spirit of God. So when Paul is saying to set your mind on the spirit, he's saying focus on the anointing, meaning that every conversation you have, wow. every door you open, every service you're at, every worship set, every prayer set, follow the anointing. You can identify, whoa, that's the anointing. That's the spirit of God. And when you identify that the anointing is going in a direction, whether it's with a worship song or you're praying and all of a sudden you feel this tug in your spirit to pray for this person or to pray for this event, you feel the anointing and you set your mind on it. And by setting your mind on it, you end up going 
that direction. And I love what he says in the very next verse. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who, so for example, what does it look like to set your mind on the things of the flesh? What it looks like is when you go on like a 21 day diet where you eat really well. Anyone that's ever done this, they've gone on a great diet. They've eaten really well for an extended amount of time. And then all of a sudden it's like they just have one snickers bar or one donut or just one slip up where they have a soda or something and all of a sudden it's like they get completely knocked off the bandwagon and it's like they just spiral out of control and they backslide with their eating because they end up setting their mind on the things of the flesh but it goes the same way with the spirit and it says but those who live according to the spirit set their minds on the things of the spirit and it comes with life it says the things of the spirit are life So when you set your mind on the anointing, you carry the anointing everywhere you go with all of your conversations and everything. Just like I I was telling you about the other day in 2 Samuel chapter 6, where the Ark of the Covenant was simply in the camp of Obed. And it blessed their family and everyone around them for three months. That when you walk according to the Spirit, you actually become a living blessing everywhere you go. And it's impossible wherever you go not to be blessed if you're in step with the Spirit. Amen. And that's absolutely right. I think we were talking about that in the car with the anointing actually drawing people to you. And so it's not actually something that you have to try hard with. Oh, I really hope that this person sees how anointed I am. I think, you know, I'm so anointed that I'm actually, I'm not being recognized enough for my anointing and whatever. It's no, if you are pressing in, if if the anointing is there, people pick it up. People Mm -hmm. see it. It's not something that you're supposed to be, um, you know, pressing really hard and, and hanging on to white knuckle gripping it. It'll be recognized. It's humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and he will exalt you. And so it, it'll come forth. I think about Psalm 1. You know, when you delight yourself in the law of the Lord, you meditate on it day and night. You keep it before you all the days of your life. You're like a tree planted by streams of water. You yield your fruit. It never withers. Your your leaf never withers. And in everything you do, you prosper. And people recognize that. That's why Deuteronomy 28 would say that all the nations of the world will see and call you blessed because they can see the anointing upon you. So I think part of even being spirit-led is just resting in the fact that you are, (laughs) you know? Amen. So what are, here's a good question for you. What are, different areas in the Bible that you would say are examples of people being led by the Holy Spirit? I think with, uh, was it Paul or was it Peter going up to Asia? He, he commented about Holy Spirit saying we couldn't go. Uh, but then he said, it's okay to go afterwards. And then we went and we were blessed. So like even there, I think about the personal communion they must have had. Or I think about um, Holy Spirit speaking to Cornelius um, before uh, the Spirit falls. There's this open vision. So he's obviously a a man of prayer. And at the same time, he speaks to Peter. And and it's this whole weaving together of the Spirit. But it's all centered around fellowship and intimacy with the Holy Spirit. That's right. Yeah, I think about, I mean, most... Again, I can't say most. I don't know if it's most, but a lot of interactions that I've had with Christians, they think that God doesn't speak anymore. They think that God doesn't lead anymore. But the reason they think that is because they don't look at Holy Spirit as he is God. 
they look at him as like the adopted left out part of the Trinity, which is a hundred percent false. They don't give him the honor nor the wow. respect that he's due. And you see in John chapter 16 and 14, 15 and 16, Jesus says he will come and he will speak to you things that are to come. He will lead you in all truth and understanding. And he will show you the reason why I'm here. He will witness of me. So wow. uh, you think about all these areas where to be led by the spirit is to hear the voice of the spirit, which for those listening, the voice of the spirit is an internal voice. God can speak to you audibly, obviously, but the internal witness, the spirit inside of you, you'll, you'll feel when to do something and when not to do something. Yep. And then secondly, you'll be led almost like tugged into all truth and all wisdom and all understanding if you abide in the spirit that's in you. And I think, honestly, it's kind of like a, a trial and error, I've noticed. I mean, I remember telling you at a very, very uh, early time in my relationship with the Lord, you said, man, you just seem to just go after it. How do you decipher between your voice or your leading and the leading of the Holy Spirit? And I just told you straight up, man, I just I, I put dignity aside and I go for it. And I said, hey, if there's a prompting in my spirit, I'm going to act on it. If if the Lord speaks to me and says, hey, go share this with this person and tell them that I'm thinking about them. And I go and I do it. And it's a total like off word. I just apologize and say, I'm sorry, I missed it. But I quickly realized that when I put that fear aside and I just acted on it and I believed that God was speaking and God was leading by his spirit. And I did it never one time did I miss it. Every time that I thought I heard God, but I was a little bit fearful whether or not it was God or myself, every time it turned out to be God. See, God is so familiar that being led by him is actually super simple. We just complicate it. Wow. Yeah, that's good, man. I think it's it's funny. A lot changed after that because one of the key things I remember you saying is, Stephen, you need to understand, you need to fear disobeying God more than looking like an idiot. Like, it doesn't matter. God prophesied through an ass. So, you know, it's you got nothing to worry about. If, if you've got the spirit of Jesus living inside of you, trust it. All right. You got the mind of Christ and you need to understand this is God you're dealing with. And so fear disobeying him and step out. And it's funny, man. I mean, like even with prophecy, I, I started listening and just saying, Lord, OK, first thing that you put on my heart, I'm going to trust it um, and getting into the quiet place. And it was it's accurate, unbelievably accurate. Wow. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, quickly, I see uh, Matea's in here. Hi, Matea. I just want to say hello to you and hello, Cooper. And obviously, Bree's in here, too. Hello, Bree. Uh, just so you three know. As this is increasing in numbers so rapidly, we went from one to three in about 10 minutes. So praise God. Uh, <laughs> but for those of you that are listening right now, Matea and Cooper, Bree, if you guys have questions or anything like that, things on your mind, whatever you want to hear us talk about, you can send in an audio message. Uh, you can send in a question, whatever, via the like little play thing down there, the message play. I don't know how to do it. I've never done it before, but you can. And we'll listen to them right here and we'll discuss it. We're going to be on for about the next 20 minutes or so, and then we're going to be off of here. So send in your questions if you'd like. All right, going on to the next thing. Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to remember. Oh, yeah. You mentioned this, this, um, the Spirit of God being like an internal voice. And I thought about Proverbs 20, 27. It says that the Spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord searching all the inmost parts of him. 
So mm. there you go. I mean, it's in the Bible. The Spirit of God is inside of you. And you asked me, uh, where in the Bible have you seen this happen? And I thought about Samuel and actually the whole way through the test, Old Testament for that matter. It's always the word of the Lord came to me and said, you know, it, it, it's always that. But when that happens, it's, it's not like this, this voice descends and, and it shakes the whole earth. Like the word of the Lord is, is spirit. It, it's in the person. It recognizes it's, it's a perceiving thing within the person. I perceive this is the word of the Lord speaking to me. You know, it's, it's not a this supernatural smash bang kaboom thing happening. Um, it's familiar. It, it's right there, but you know, it's God. That's absolutely that right. Sense? Yeah. And I think about where people often miss it is the relationship side of it, where if I was married or for example, we'll use your marriage with you and Shan, you and yeah. Shan being married. When you first started dating Shan, you probably didn't pick up on the little things that she did and did not do as much as you do now. Like, for example, I'm sure that there were little corks and stuff that she had all along, but you didn't really get to know them until you got married. And once you got married to her, you realize you could tell automatically when you're in the same room with her, you can tell if she's in a good mood, if she's in a bad mood, if she's uncomfortable, if she's upset. You can tell just by being in her presence what's going on with her. And it's the same wow. with, the, with the Lord. But people, people often neglect relationship. They neglect spending time in the presence of Holy Spirit. So if they don't spend time in the presence of Holy Spirit, they won't understand what it means to fear the Lord. They won't feel the fear of the Lord. They won't feel what moves his heart. They won't feel what he's speaking. They won't. You can't hear somebody's voice if you don't spend time with them or you won't recognize their voice. Like, I mean, think about your parents, you know, you haven't you haven't heard your parents talk face to face in months. But if your dad called and you didn't recognize the number, as soon as you answered the phone and you said hello and he said hello, you would know it was your father immediately. Wow. And it's the same way with God. When you spend enough time with God. And you know God enough via his word and via spending time with him and speaking with him, communing with him, worshiping and praying with him. When you spend time with the Lord like that, you know his voice and you can know what's on God's heart simply by being in his presence. And that actually changes everything. Wow. No, that's so good. And it's funny, man, like just on that, I was uh, I've, I've had it like six or seven times today of conversations with people saying, um, I just asked the Lord for a sign, you know, or I was like, God, please send me a vision or a dream. Give me the sign. I think this is my sign. People always talk about signs. And I think the reality is, I think back to what Jesus said, you know, an, an adulterous generation asks for a sign. You stop asking for a sign. Look at what God's already given us. When you know God in his word, you're going to know him best, how he sounds when he speaks to you. Because John 10 says that my sheep hear my voice. You know, there, there's a genuine connection that we have with God. We don't need a sign. Though, yes, there are multiple times that God will send visions. You'll have a visitation. You'll go to heaven. You'll do all kinds of things. Um, but that's not necessary for the Lord to speak to you. In fact, if you need those kind of things, it's automatically showing we need to press in more to fellowship with God because we don't actually know how he operates. That That's sense? right. Yeah, I think about my own 
my own personal walk with the Lord. And, and I've had these conversations with God, just as uh, probably any newbie Christian has with the Lord. And it's a lot of, uh, I remember there was a time where I said, Lord, why can't I hear your audible voice? Why won't you reveal yourself to me? What, like what, all of these signs basically like that. And immediately I heard in my spirit, it would be so inconvenient if that's the way that I spoke to you. And I didn't wow. think about it, but if, if Jesus had to appear to me every time I needed an answer, which he, I mean, it's not that he wouldn't, of course he would, like he loves me, but it's inconvenient and it doesn't help either of us to do that. And if Jesus had to appear to himself every time, or if, if I had to hear this audible voice and have this direct long breath conversation with the Lord, every time I was going to make a decision in life, my life would not last very long. Or I would be very caught up in having this like one-on-one -on -one dialogue with the Lord that it just, it would be ineffective. My life would be ineffective. But when you know how to be led by the inward witness, it's, it's kind of like, you're just like a river, rivers of living water. You become this river that just flows along. And the Bible says in the book of Acts, we live and move and have our being in him. In him, we live and move and have our being. So we're living, we're moving, we're flowing and being in the Holy Ghost. And as you do, the inward witness tells you, nope, don't do that. Yep, do that. Nope, don't do that. And you just, you flow with that leading. And it makes things so convenient, you just move right along and you don't inconvenience God. You don't inconvenience yourself. You don't inconvenience anybody. It's just this automatic drawing towards success and blessing. And when you learn how to give into that, to yield to the river. I think about the prophet Ezekiel in Ezekiel chapter 47. He was in ankle deep and then knee deep and then waist deep and then neck deep. And then eventually wow. he yielded to the river. And when he just yielded to the river, he was fully submerged and fully yielded to what it was that God was going to do. And it became a flood. The river of God overtook him straight from the throne. And when you do that, it's impossible not to just be a walking testimony of like uttermost blessing everywhere you go and with everything that you do. Wow. Yeah, that's good, man. I kind of think about it like even if, if it was that I could only make a decision or I could only communicate with you if I came into your presence. Like that would be so inconvenient because I would never get anything done. I'm never in your presence always. You know, I've, I've got my own life I'm doing. But if I have a phone, I have a direct line to you every single time. In the same way, we have that with prayer. We have that with Holy Spirit who lives in us, upon us, through us, in power, you know. That's absolutely right. That's I always tell people like millennials or Gen Z, I just say, you know, the Holy Spirit living inside of you is like this highly advanced form of Bluetooth. Like it's just you can just airdrop your prayers, your thoughts, everything going on right to God. You just yeah. airdrop it. Ding. And you like you guys, you and God just airdrop back and forth to one another, whatever's going on. And it makes things so quick, so simple and so inconvenient or uh, convenient. Yeah, 100 percent. It's funny, man. I was having a conversation with Ezra this morning because um, he, he's just finished reading Benny Hinn's book on Good Morning, Holy Spirit, which honestly, if anyone listens on you, you should read that book because it'll change your life with regard to kind of knowing who the Holy Spirit is. Um, but Ezra just spoke about how Benny um, doesn't pray to Holy Spirit. And I thought that was such an interesting distinction, how um, I think a lot of people, their fellowship with Holy Spirit is actually incorrect. They think he's, he, or they don't even pray to him. They, they don't even know who he is. Um, and they pray to God constantly, but Holy Spirit is there for a conversation. 
like you and me. He's not there to be prayed to. He's there to just be in conversation. Like, hey, Holy Spirit, wow, praise God. Thank you so much. That was amazing. Like, what do you think about this? Show me more about this in your word. Lead me, guide me, um, help me with this. You know, it's, it's conversational. But then when you come before Father, that's like prayer. We're coming before Him. We're worshiping Him. We're, we're exalting Him. And we're bringing the word before Him, actually making a case. You know, I think about Him saying, bring, come into my courts. Bring me in remembrance. Like, show me my word. And obviously, like Jesus, we're praising Him. Um, but I just think that's super helpful. Like, Holy Spirit is actually there for a conversation. He's not there to be prayed to. That's right. And I think about, I mean, I'll, I know you already know this story, but I'll share it for anyone that ends up listening to this. Uh, based on when I was reading that book, I had revelation of 2 Corinthians 13, 14. And it says the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship or the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And when I read that, I was like, whoa, communion, fellowship, friendship with the Holy Spirit. And I remember running to my room. And I smacked on my knees and I closed the door and I began to weep uncontrollably. And I cried out to God and I said, you know what, Father, I repent and I'm so sorry. Holy Spirit, that I haven't built a relationship with you. Please forgive me. I want to know you and who you are. And when I said that, it was like this weight fell off of me. And it felt like this blanket from heaven just descended on my body, much like Luke chapter three, when Jesus gets baptized in the river Jordan. And after that, it was like, I would just have these amazing times, these conversations. And I'll just, I'll get a little bit deeper. I haven't shared this before, but I feel led to share it. I would have these amazing conversations with Holy Spirit. He would just show me these amazing things. He would teach me the word and he was just progressing my life. And even though I already had this relationship with him, kind of, I, would, I was benefiting from it, but I didn't have like a fellowship with him. But once I stepped into the fellowship, it was like things got 10 times deeper, unbelievably deeper. And he became my best friend so quick, so much so to, that I remember I would be doing live streams on TikTok and other platforms. And I would see this like white orb always floating behind my head. And people wow. would all people would point it out in the comments like, what is behind you? And it's like when I would turn around, I wouldn't see it. But on camera, I could see the Holy Spirit floating around me all the time. And it was like it, it wasn't just this dust particle because there was no dust floating around. It was like literally Holy Spirit just bouncing around in my room, hanging out with me. And oh my uh, word. that's the first time I've ever shared that with anybody. But it rocked my life. It like it changed everything. I saw him and I was like, Oh my gosh, this is amazing. Like he's just hanging out here with me. He's helping me to minister. He's touching people. And it made it so surreal. Praise the Lord. Flip. That's awesome. All right. I'm thinking like this is going to wind up in a little bit. So I wonder what about like some key things that people can do? Like, okay, I want, I want to stop being led by the spirit. What does that look like? Um, to implement like what are some of the simple things that we can do that will help with that first is time with god well number one i'll just say this if if people haven't had relationship with holy spirit repent and Amen. say say holy spirit i'm sorry that i haven't taken time to really get to know who you are and then after that turn off your phone turn off your tv go and close the door and say holy spirit I want to know you come and reveal yourself to me. I want to be your friend. And it starts there. Yeah, that's good. 
What about you? What would you say? Yeah, I think for me, it comes down to the simple reality that you need to know what he's going to sound like. And that comes from the word. So I think I'd say do do what you did first. And then absolutely, you need to close the door. You need to have time by yourself, undistracted, um, where your flesh is just going to be going crazy. And, you know, you're just going to have to sit down and say, no, I'm putting time aside for the Lord. But then the word of God, you need to purpose it in your spirit that the word of God is the final authority, that it is, in fact, the word of God. And you need to take it at that. If it says you can have it, you can have it. And if it says you can do it, you can do it. Like, that's it. Full stop. End of discussion. Doesn't matter what your parents say. Doesn't matter what your parents If the word of God says so, it's yours. Um, and I think a lot of times we just respect these, these people in our lives that are close to us so much so that they take the place of God in our life when what they have to say takes us away from God's word. You know, and so we got to get a fear for God's word and, and realize this is the most important thing in our life. And so when you prioritize time with the spirit one, uh, and read the word of God, one, he will guide you in what you read. But two, you will learn to discern the voice of Holy Spirit so much better when you know what is written in the word of God, because everything Holy Spirit will say will be in complete agreement and alignment with the word. Exactly. 100%. And, and I think to add on to that, what's helped me a ton was fasting and prayer. And mm-hmm. when, when you've turned away from the world, you've decided you made a, a decision in your heart to follow and get to know Holy Spirit. Two, you've gotten to know the word of God, like you just said, and you know what he sounds like. Number three, purpose it in your heart to fast and to pray because when you fast you're annihilating the flesh the flesh is basically the veil to all things holy spirit so if you can fle- if you can <laughs> crucify your flesh flesh it out get all this flesh out of here by fasting right. by prayer you'll find yourself spiritually in a place where you're just in tune so quick and easy that it's like you just hear the lord speaking to you all the time so fasting wow. and prayer will help a lot. And and don't be afraid to look up on YouTube and read books like Kenneth Hagin's book on how to be led by the Holy Spirit. And you can listen to uh, my podcast on it. You can listen to Stephen's podcast on it. You can watch our YouTube videos about it. And you can stay plugged in. And don't quit searching on how to be led by the Holy Spirit. But we're going to wrap things up. Stephen, do you want to pray for him? Yeah, absolutely. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for this life. I thank you for this time together. I thank you for every person who listened live. I thank you for everyone who's going to listen in the future. In the mighty name of Jesus, I thank you for their faith. Lord, your word says it's impossible to please you without faith. But if we draw near to you, we must believe that you exist and that you reward those who diligently seek you. So I thank you that you're a rewarder of everything that these people have come to seek. I thank you that it's theirs, that it's given to them now in the mighty name of Jesus. Bless them and fill them with your spirit and fire in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So good, buddy. Amen. Let's do this more. I like it. I'll see you later. Goodbye.